to the Magic of the Spheres podcast. This is Sabrina Monarch, and this is a show about spiritual lifestyle and personal evolution. Have you considered elevating your vibe as a hygiene practice? So the same way that you might brush your teeth, make your bed, do you do things to raise your vibration on a daily basis? Do you use each moment of time as a moment, an opportunity to elevate yourself? Honestly, it's a game changer. (laughs) And I really am excited to introduce this guest today because I think that she's someone who is a wonderful example of living into each moment as an opportunity to raise her vibration. Satara Hewitt is a meditator, a meditation coach, an actress, and a mother. She resides in Los Angeles, and I recently met up with her when I was on a trip there to record this episode. I think she's really inspiring because she demonstrates that having an elevated vibration isn't just a way of like, oh, I woke up like this. It's actually like a discipline. It's a practice. And you can use certain tools um, or practices to elevate yourself. And it's actually, it's a transformation because in a sense, it's like getting over the lower vibe self, the self that wants to complain about things, the self that feels victimized by reality, and making a choice to step into a portal, a heightened vortex of creative, vibrational mastery. Pretty epic, no? In this episode, we talked about ways to elevate one's vibration. We talked also about magnetism and some of the differences between men and women. The vibration, so what am I talking about when I talk about raising our vibration? There is the tangible physical reality of form and concrete events, and there is also an energetic quality or an energetic way that we're showing up to life that attracts and magnetizes certain circumstances towards us. If we're on the path of choosing to take responsibility for this vibrational reality that we are living out, we actually gain a lot of opportunities for deep, profound magic and this ability to manifest a heightened or a dreamy kind of life. And it's also an empowerment path because it's actually getting into a place where we're choosing to live a better life and let go of the addictions that we have to things like worry and anxiety and criticism, etc., etc. Now, I'm always pretty careful or measured or thoughtful when I talk about things like the law of attraction because I'm not trying to be floaty about it. I'm very serious about it. It's a mystical practice that involves bringing a dreamy, heightened reality into existence. So it does involve practicality. It's not just about being delusional or up in the clouds. It's a very real thing. 
And I wanted to have a conversation with Satara about it on the show because she strikes me as someone who is really committed to this path of vibrational alignment. And she's just fun. She has a really playful heart and I appreciate her and love her. And I'm really excited to share this conversation with you. Hi, Satara. Thank you for coming on my show. Hi, Sabrina. It's absolutely my pleasure to be here. Well, I can't wait to talk to you about mindfulness and spirituality. So I guess to dive in, I would love to know how you got started on this journey of mindfulness. Well, um, I think that it occurred when I was acting full-time on a series and I had a new baby that was a surprise baby. And I generally was a very controlling, uh, stressed out person. And it was how I'd always been. I thought I couldn't change that. And it was ruining my life. It was ruining my relationships. I had so much abundance in the form of acting work and this baby and a husband and friends and family. And I didn't enjoy any of it. Um, and everything kind of fell apart. My series ended, my marriage ended, and I moved to a new country where I didn't know anyone. And I was basically forced to survive or mm, not be on a good path. And rather than survive, I chose to thrive. And I just threw myself into meditating. I found that meditating was the only way I could cope with the stress of not sleeping, working 17 hours, feeding a baby all night, going through a divorce. I would just listen to guided meditations to sleep because I couldn't even sleep. I was so anxious. And it started to train my brain and my mind to love this peaceful, open, mindful, connected state. And I just became super passionate about learning everything I could about it and teaching others too. I love that. It's like mm. your reality broke open and you broke open at mm. the same time. And that's really beautiful that you chose to take the thriving path. <laughs> and I hear that like a lot mm. of what brings people to study spirituality is that there's some kind of crisis or conflict in their lives. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's a great way to address it. And then it's this gift that you have for years afterwards. Truly, truly. Yeah. We always have a choice. I always remember that we always have a choice. So what does your practice look like these days? My personal practice? Yeah. Well, the fun thing about meditation is that the more you do it, the easier you just slip into these mindful states. And I find now that sometimes it's on a hike that I decide I'm going to go into this open meditative state and... It begins with setting an intention, like rather than on the hike, I'm not going to look at my phone. I'm not going to think about what I have to do or mull over some scenario with a person. I'm going to just say to my guides and the universe, what do you want me to know at this time? What do you want me to learn? What is best for me and all of humanity at this time? And then I just get open and I walk and I listen and I meditate. And then I do the same thing at home. I find I need to reset halfway through the day. I'm a pretty sensitive, empathic person. And I have a little one and I have several careers. So I find that I need that reset. So I lie down and again, I just breathe. I visualize a white light streaming through me. I pour all my concerns into that almost waterfall of white light. And I just let the white light go where it needs to go. And it always takes me on a journey wherever I need to be. I love that. 
So was there a time that you connected with your guides for the very first time? Mm, that's such a great question. You know, I think there was, I think what I was doing was connecting to source and God. I definitely believe in a God force. Um, I'm not so much a religious person, but I believe there is a greater force than just us. And, um, I would always connect to that. And then I would start because I research spirituality and all of the stuff basically constantly. I discovered from listening to other people's spirituality that, Hey, you have guides and I have a psychic healer I work with. And she would always say, we're summoning your inner and outer band of guides. And I was like, well, I got to know these people. This is cool. You're summoning them. I didn't even know they were there. And I started to just ask in dreams and ask in meditations, who are my guides? I'm ready to meet you. Show me an image of yourself. And I would just maybe pull an angel card three times and it would be that same angel. And I would be like, okay, this is one of my guides. And so now I feel like I know them pretty well. And I can kind of feel them all around me. Do you ever see that movie Monsters, Inc.? Yes. You know when the monsters are like coming out and there's like 10 of them and they're like walking out to like get hit the floor? You know that like epic scene? I think I might. <laughs> okay. Well, I have a nine-year-old, so I watch that movie a lot. That's how I see my band of guides. They're all like this motley crew of these epic beings and they're all around me. And everywhere I go, they're just like walking next to me, like making everything okay. <laughs> I love them. I love them. So I think it is really important for people who want to connect to their guides to be open to it, right? So that's a really beautiful story of how you just were open and then you met them. Mm -hmm. Like that's the trick. Mm -hmm. If you second guess it or don't believe it or you're skeptical, it's like walking into a relationship with that kind of attitude. What are you going to find? Right. It's true. I love what you always say about setting the intention. And I've been listening to and reading your emails <laughs> for months and they help me so much. I always like take a special time in the evening where I can just focus and really delve into what you say because almost every paragraph you say has so much depth and so many little tools. Like I actually take tools from what I read from your horoscope and then I apply it to other places in life. That makes me so happy to hear. Oh yeah. Yeah. You're, you're like, you are, you are both creating and channeling some real universal truths when you write. And it's so helpful to me. So sometimes I have to read it a couple of times. Cause I'm like, I, I gotta get it all. Yeah. I do feel I'm in a conversation with my guides when I write them. Mm, so nice. Yeah. So you get that insight from, yeah, I get tingles in my body and I see these little lights and that's how I Right. Wow. So crazy. Cool. (laughs) Yeah. I definitely feel that about your wisdom. It's like pretty elevated. It's really cool. So I've always enjoyed it. So I've been feeling really uplifted by your posts as well. I feel like you have such a great attitude and so much insight about how we can be happier. Hmm. I think that, um, that's sort of one of my purposes is to help people feel happier. I definitely, I have much older parents. My parents had me in their forties. So my parents are close to 80 and I'm very close with them. And I think 
seeing my mother as an 80 year old who still feels just like we do on the inside. Like she feels like a young girl. She wants to like gab with her friends and go do stuff and have new experiences and learn. And the fact that her body doesn't really allow her to, she's getting old. She has arthritis and vertigo. I mean, thank God she's as healthy as she is at 80. But I think I live with that perspective that that's really where we're all headed if we're lucky. And this goes by like really fucking fast. So if we're not enjoying every day and doing all we can, uh, that's the one thing you're not getting back. And that's all on us. That's a choice. And I've wasted so much time in negativity, worrying about what other people think, um, being confused, having addictions, whether it's to technology. When I was younger, I had eating disorders. I've wasted so much time that I'm like, no more. This is all we get guys. Let's really like, let's embrace this. And yeah, life gets tough and we all have challenges and we all go through traumas. There are so many tools to help us heal through those traumas. And it's about healing those traumas in the moment and then moving forward. Don't keep reactivating that trauma by complaining about it and living from it and choosing the victim mentality. And that's probably the number one thing I can say to people to harness your happiness. We have to let go of a victim mentality and get in touch with a warrior mentality and a playful mentality. And there's nothing you can't overcome. I mean... I'm sitting here with two arms and two legs. Like I have nothing to complain about. Literally. I, if I was in a hospital bed, sure. I might complain, but I'm not. So I've really let go of complaining. And then because you work with the law of attraction so much, you know how powerful that is. Right. Because I love what you said about not re-traumatizing ourselves and re-triggering our traumas. It's Mm -hmm. like every time they come up is an opportunity to heal them. Mm -hmm. So it almost strikes me like hygiene where it's Mm. just like taking care of ourselves every single moment is a way of not letting things snowball into some crisis Mm -hmm. or, you know, when it comes down to attitude and our thoughts. Yeah. And I know that like when it comes to law of attraction, sometimes when I tell people I'm into that, Mm -hmm. they're all like, that's not real. Oh, like, well, you have to try it. <laughs> Gotta um, try it. Don't knock it till you try it. Yeah. So I'm wondering kind of if there's more that you can say about how you address and heal things in the moment so that you can move past them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very powerful. So I think one of the biggest things is when something traumatizing or sad comes up, whether it's a loss of a relationship or a friendship. Those things seem very hard for people Um, or a loss of a job or a loss of a phase of our lives. It's recognizing that all of life is a birth death cycle. So when I finally could accept this, whether we're losing a person who's close to us because they're transitioning to another world, life is a birth death cycle. So once I know that I know I'm always going to be grieving little deaths so that I can allow a rebirth. When I know that if a relationship ends and I'm super, super sad, I grieve the loss of that as though it's a death. I cry about it. 
I may speak to like a healer. I'm a big fan of finding your healers, finding your coaches. And I'm a coach and I help people with that so that I'm not just talking to my friends about the same thing over and over again. Yes. Talk to a great friend, a loving friend once, and then don't keep bringing them down with your stuff. You know, speak to someone, journal, cry, and then recognize that you're going to rebirth and be gentle with yourself after the trauma of the crying because crying is like a lot release that cry be gentle with yourself maybe take an extra nap the next day and then get back on that horse get a workout go for a hike go hang out with a friend that makes you laugh watch a movie that makes you happy buy yourself some delicious dark chocolate nourish yourself once you've grieved been gentle with yourself start getting empowered again start activating the energies stretch move dance um, I'm also a huge fan of reprogram your thoughts however you need to so I listen to Abraham Hicks when I'm driving I don't listen to music I listen to Abraham Hicks they help me reprogram better perspective that ended because it was meant to the best is yet to come you know like trusting that everything is exactly unfolding as it's meant to for you. So there's anyway, I could go on forever about this. There's a lot of ways I heal from trauma. I like what you said too, about not kind of bringing it up to your friends all the time, because that also asks the question, what's the point of friendship? You know, mm. it's not necessarily just to like dump all of our baggage on each other. Right. Like, so what are you going to do instead? So true. So true. Like, how do you love to celebrate your connections and friendships? What's like, what do you love about your friendships? I love making like elegant meals mm. and just like enjoying really good food. Mm. I love going on adventures and I mean, I feel like there's infinite possibility. So mm-hmm. I like to strategize about how to win at various situations, mm-hmm. like not this attitude of like, oh, it can't happen or I'm all stressed out about all this stuff. But here's something I desire. And how are we going to empower that to happen? So I really like to be like in my friend's court to help them manifest things. Nice, nice. And, like appreciate that as well. If I'm trying to manifest something to talk about that, but kind of like to co-create, I think that relationships can be about co-creating a vibe together. Mm -hmm. Like it's a a synergy. Mm -hmm. You're bringing two energies and creating a third. I love that. I feel the same way too, that it's about empowering each other and then creating something really fun together. And that's such a beautiful intention. If we could all set that for the next time we hang out with our buddies or uh, someone we're dating is that it's going to be about empowering each other and creating something fun without attachment to what that has to be. Cause like you said, it's going to be this third wonderful energy that kind of creates itself. So what about the kind of like people can have like an addiction to complaining and talking. Mm -hmm. So like, how do you, how have you addressed that like in your life with people around you or within yourself? Mm-hmm. Like, It's so true. It really is drama and complaining uh, releases a certain hormone profile in our system that people get addicted to. It feels like a charge. It feels like a little bit of life. And sometimes when people are depressed or have a little bit of apathy, as we all can do trying to, you know, be warriors in our life, they find the complaining or the drama releases enough of a a hormone boost that they don't feel depressed, but it's a very slippery slope. It lowers your vibration. It lowers the person you're talking to's vibration. And you can't create a new wonderful phase from this negative phase. You're just going to create a new phase that has new things to complain about. 
So that's really the the point I try to enlighten in other people is that you're complaining because you don't like the situation and you want it to be better and you think it'll be better if X, Y, Z happens, but you can't get there from here. You can't get a great scenario from complaining about this scenario. Your next scenario is going to feel exactly the same way this does if that's the perspective you're choosing. So I try to remind people, choose a perspective that makes you feel a little easier, a little more uplifted, a little more relaxed, maybe even optimistic. And that's what's going to birth the next moment. This, These are just the nature of the laws of the universe. That's what's going to birth the next moment of optimism and fun and happiness. And then it'll grow from there. And one thing I also, just what you said about your friends, I remind people like, Hey, you're lucky to have people in your life that want to spend time with you. Some people have nobody. So don't make the choice that when you see that person, you're just going to lower their vibration by complaining or having drama because you're ruining their day and you're kind of lucky to have them. And then I also recommend that if you spend time with someone who's always complaining to just divert your energy, just don't sit there and be like, oh yeah, wow, that was terrible. That was awful. You know, let them know they're heard and seen. But if all they want to do is go back to complaining and drama, I just recommend creating some space because space is the only thing that teaches people. It's like you reward a child. If they're giving you good behavior, you reward them with your love and attention. Bad behavior, you take your attention away a little and then they'll adapt so that you come back. Yeah, it's... um I think I've had that conversation even too with people in my life about like, look, like I know you're upset. This is real. Like I want to validate this Mm -hmm. and you can find a solution if you change your attitude. Mm -hmm. It's not that what you're experiencing isn't real. It's just that continuing to kind of stew in it is perpetuating it. Right. So it's about responsibility Mm -hmm. and then it's responsibility adding in the laws of the universe. And so then belief comes in and so it Mm-hmm. It's like you kind of just have to try it. You got to try it. And I love what you say because it is important always to address what's going on. We don't want to be like Pollyanna, like everything's great when it's not. It's okay to say like, this was crappy, but what am I going to learn from it? And how am I going to move forward? I think that's key. Acknowledge what existed and make sure the people around you acknowledge you too. But be expedient about looking for how to move forward. Mm, I like that. Mm. So what do you think people who come to work with you tend to like, is there a kind of common theme that people come to you for? Like if you have like a a medicine or like, what's your theme that you, I think the two themes people come to me for are, um, people have anxiety and they don't feel connected to themselves. And then also relationships and dating. I love helping people with their dating and relationships, especially women. So I find I help men with their anxiety and stress. And I help women with their dating men and that the, I love helping people with those two things. I'm super passionate about it. Okay. So how, um, what things do you think help men with their anxiety? I think that we don't always acknowledge that men and women are built differently and men very much have this, a lot of testosterone, this need to succeed. There's a lot of competition in their worlds. And there's a way in which as men have evolved, 
they've lost that kind of campfire setting where they could go out and hunt and, you know, survive and then come back with the other men and kind of like decompress and decompress with their women who are nurturing them. That's lacking. Men are expected to like go kill it in the workforce and then come and be these chivalrous men dating their women and then with their buddies drink as many beers as their friends do. And that doesn't always work for every man. So I think the key for men is to listen to them. The theme I've noticed is that men in our society don't really have a place to speak their truth. That's powerful because there's so many messages happening on the internet right now about telling men to step back, like don't speak, like we don't want to hear you. Mm. I see that. And I don't think that that helps, Mm -mm. Um, but it is coming from a place of trauma and trying to like shift the patriarchy. But at the same time, I've had better experiences with men and masculine energy by listening to them. Mm -hmm. And I've been listened to back. Mm -hmm. It's so true when you can give men that and women, we, we so want to share, we want to be seen and heard. And sometimes it takes us really listening to a man first before he will feel at ease and feel safe and then want to return that favor and protect us and listen to us. And, um, there's this beautiful book called the queen's code and it instructs, this is both for me and my coaching, any men you work with, um, any men in your life, your child, if it's a boy, child, your ex-husband, anyone, listen to them, let them speak. Don't interrupt. Don't try to fix it. We, as women, we want to jump in and like, Oh yeah, you're right. And I found out this and don't interrupt. Just listen, encourage them when they're done talking, wait five seconds with a listening expression. They will keep going. They will realize I'm being listened to. I, I have more to share. That man will feel so empowered, so safe, so good, so healthy. He will do anything for you after that. He will want to protect you and love you and spend time with you and give you everything that as a woman you're wanting. And that includes my son. I apply that to my nine-year-old son. I just listen. I don't jump in. I don't try to fix. I just listen. And he opens up to me and tells me everything that goes on in his life and his mind and his heart. And it's so beautiful. And I feel so blessed. It works with men. So men need to be listened to women. And it also is one of the most beautiful things about my practice is that I get to hold space for men to really share. That's beautiful. (laughs) And then for women, what is the thing that you see helps them in relationship? Mm. I feel like what comes up a lot is that women want to feel soothed and safe and like everything is okay. So that's key is like letting them know it. we can let go of the fear of being abandoned, the fear of being mistreated, the fear of not being valued, the fear of, you know, being just a guy just wanting to have sex with you and then leaving you. It's kind of soothing those fears and then giving women tools because we're different than men. We expect men to be just the same as us. We just expect to treat them like we treat our girlfriends and it doesn't work. They go running for the hills. Um, And so giving women those tools to understand how men work and then the men just are so drawn and magnetized to them. So that's the greatest gift I can give women. Yeah, I think you know a lot about magnetism. That's something that I've sensed. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, definitely. That's something I learned. I didn't always have that for sure. 
Well, magnetism is great and it is law of attraction, but then mm-hmm. learning how magnetism works in relationships to other people. Um, so I'm curious kind of when it comes to that fear of being abandoned, um, that fear can often constellate abandonment actually happening. Mm-hmm. So how do people shift that storyline and attract what they would rather experience? Mm, great question. So welcome to LA, by the way, there's lots of cars and horns and, you know, helicopters. I love it. There's always something going on. So the thing that's wonderful about the abandonment wound is that we can heal it because it's not really about anyone else saving us from abandonment. It's about us saving ourselves. So once we can recognize that I'm the only person who can make myself feel held, then Everyone else doesn't matter, but they also want to hold me as well because I'm the only one who sets the president for how I'm treated. So the abandonment wound is often something that's happened in our childhood or our teenage years or by a parent or by our first loves. And it's about letting that go. And if you don't know how to let it go, you just say, I'm willing to forgive. I'm willing to let go. I'm willing to step into a new unit of time where I feel loved and appreciated and held. And how am I going to give that to myself first? So when we're always looking outward for the approval, we're always going to get abandoned because people aren't there to affirm us. That's not their job. But when we go inward and go, I love myself. I'm nourishing myself. I'm taking care of myself. Like you said, hygiene. I'm doing basic things that make me feel really loved. Then we carry that energy, that aura around us as we go around. Like, I know how to take care of myself. I am loved because I love myself. And if you want to come into this space, it's a loving space. It's a safe space. I'm not going to make you accountable for my every feeling and every thought. You are safe being with me because actually when women are carrying around this fear of abandonment, we make men feel unsafe. Like they're responsible for us. And that's a scary thing when you've just met someone and they're making you responsible for all their feelings. I wouldn't like that if a girlfriend did that to me. I'd be like, yo, we just met. So this is the last thing I'm going to say about this. When as a woman, always consider what if a girlfriend said that to you, how would you feel? So like the a guy has to cancel and he gives you, you know, 24 hours notice. And you decide, well, listen, I kept my night free for you. And I don't appreciate that you acted like we were going somewhere. And now I don't think we're going somewhere. And I thought we were going to spend this weekend together. If a girl, I just, if you and I start hanging out and all of a sudden I'm like, I thought you were going to be my best friend. And I thought we were going to spend every Friday together. And I just don't understand why that's changing. You'd be like, chill. Maybe you'll be my best friend. But that's going to take time of getting to know each other, of flowing, of being easy with where things go. So as women, love yourself. And then with your communication style, let people feel free. Let people feel free with you. And if you don't like how they're treating you or you feel like they're flaky, just focus your attention on someone or something else. Don't give them more attention because they're being flaky. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's such a good point. It feels like it would be like level two of this kind of universe lesson or relationship lesson to then actually be in a relationship. And then you're getting external validation. Mm -hmm. And then 
to not forget that it still is coming from within. Right. Because you can get addicted as soon as you get it from the external. Mm-hmm. I had a, a very powerful healer tell me I had had a beautiful, like the most amazing relationship I'd ever had with a man. And I was like, you're so beautiful. So amazing. He's so amazing. And she said, no, that actually wasn't him. That was you. You created that. You experienced it. And you'll continue to experience it with him or the person who's more appropriate to experience it with. It's you that's creating that magic. If you're experiencing it, you're creating it and you're sharing it with another person. So yeah, relationships, they're not the fix because as you say, once we get in a relationship, now it's the work of keeping it alive and keeping it magic because no one wants to be with just a doormat where it's a sure thing. That's not exciting. So very few of us choose that. And whoever you're with, you're going to have to keep the magic up. And the magic is kept up by the, I love myself. I'm here taking care of myself, having fun. You're taking care of yourself, having fun. And now we can share that fun together. That's beautiful. That um, is such an empowering idea and thought as well, because I had this image in my mind of like that grief that you could carry if you think that, oh, that relationship that was so beautiful, it's gone. And you like really externalize it and project it onto Mm -hmm. the situation, onto the person. Mm -hmm. That's such a, I just almost got this image of like a big piece of rock, like falling off, like a ledge or something. Mm -hmm. Like it's just like this, like brittle, like sad feeling. Mm -hmm. Um, But I mean, I'm not a stranger to it. I've had that kind of thought form before and it hurts for Mm -hmm. a really long time. And then the healing is remembering that that was me all along Mm -hmm. and that I still have access to that magic. Yep. And being so grateful for the experiences you did have with that person rather than focusing just on the loss of them. It's about, again, thinking about that impermanence of everything that we're all going to be 80 years old one day and not having all this fun and romance. And so how grateful I am that I had those weeks, months, or years just vibing with that magical being. Like I always say it's better to have loved than lost than never to have loved at all. And, you know, it's okay to miss someone. It's okay. We're afraid of pain. We're afraid again of that death birth cycle, but it's okay to miss someone and heal yourself and learn and become a better, stronger, wiser person. And then welcome someone who's actually probably vibing even higher because now you're vibing higher from healing yourself. And so the next relationship is going to be even better. So true. Mm -hmm. So what are some other tools that you connect with for elevating yourself? Oh, that's a good question. I'm a huge fan of moving my body. I really have found that exercise, deep breathing, um, classes, dancing, lifting weights, rock climbing, hiking, swimming in the ocean. Those are the things that raise my vibe the most. They also help me stay fit. And then I kind of reap the benefits of having a healthy body and a body that I like in my clothes. But exercise, I think... I prioritize it up there with like brushing my teeth. Like I'm going to make time for a workout six days a week and I don't care what I have to sacrifice. I just, it's, it's not a negotiable. Um, cause we release positive hormones too when we work out serotonin and stuff. So definitely the working out is a huge, uh, key. And then, um, 
Keeping my vibe high. Also, I think that the foods we eat really, Mm -hmm. the foods we eat and the things we drink, we were talking about that earlier. We, both of us, if we have coffee, we feel like really crazy. And so it's about finding what lowers your vibe and staying away from it. And what raises your vibe, like fresh, healthy, whole foods. Um, I'm lucky that I have my son. He keeps my vibe really high. So spending non-technology focused present time with him is everything. If you have a child, if you're lucky enough to have a child, turn off the screens, take their screen away, get into nature with them, listen to them, play with them, talk to them. It's like, you're never going to get those years back that they're small. So really honoring that time is big. Aww. <laughs> you're such a magical person. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. He, I think he inspires me to be more magical. So I got to thank my little son too. Yeah. It reminds me when I was studying law of attraction for the first time and really getting into that, I was a nanny. Oh. So I had so much fun. Like, yeah. They're, they're just full of light and play. They're like what we forget to be, right? <laughs> totally. <laughs> yep. Um, what are you really excited about these days? Mm. Well, I think actually we're kind of experiencing a shift in humanity right now. And I'm super, so excited about that beyond anything. I look at my childhood, um, and how much we've evolved since then. And I feel like it's at an accelerated pace right now. I mean, you could talk to anyone and they're going to say like, you know, I, I want to be more positive. Like even someone who's not spiritual is looking to be more positive, is looking to get rid of negativity all the way to people like you and me who are like, oh yeah, law of attraction, <laughs> meditating on the planets, our crystals, our candles, our sage, our rituals, our essential oils, our you know pets that like raise our vibration. It's such an exciting time right now. And I'm excited to be a part of that. And my intention is to continue to be on the outer edge of helping humanity evolve. And I, I see that through when I have acting jobs, I want to be the most inspiring person on the screen energetically so that people feel activated in self-love and compassion and fun when they see me. I want to actually create videos that teach people how to vibe higher. Um, I want to raise my son to be authentic and love himself and feel like he can be an epic force in the world and that he's perfect just the way he is. And, um, basically everything I do or touch, I just, I want it to inspire me and inspire others. And I'm excited that I live in a time that that's possible. Like I can sustain my life just based on what inspiring and having fun. Like what a crazy time in the world. If this was what, if this was a hundred years ago, what would we be doing as women? Having way too many babies, I'm saying. No, and sure. talking about this stuff, you could get in trouble. Oh, we'd be burned at the stake for yes. sure. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. So we're lucky. But it sounds like you're just spreading like fairy dust and sparkles like everywhere that you go. Oh, thank you. And keeping it real, I hope, at the same time. Yes, as and are you, you can. Mm-hmm. You know, they're as not you. mutually exclusive. Yeah. Um, that was making me think about something. Oh, I guess when I go to movies now, because I've been an astrologer for a while, I always see the archetypes in the films Mm. and I have a spiritual experience every time I go to the theater. Mm. I never thought that maybe there's um, actors and actresses who have like 
set an energetic intention, but mm-hmm. I know that when I see performers, I get like feelings that come through that feel really activating and mm-hmm. I get really inspired and I suddenly feel all these feelings that didn't necessarily belong to me before I got into the movie. The archetypes, I love that you say that. And yes, I think that can be the most beneficial thing of watching a movie is it activates some archetype in you and then you go forward in your life a better person. And by the way, I wanted to say that I said a line that is like my favorite line that Sabrina always says at the end of her email. She says, thank you for meditating on the planets with me. And you may not realize that line It touches me every time I read it because I meditate. And the fact that you word horoscopes and astrology as meditating on the planets, that was super activating for me. And you made me view astrology in a new way as opposed to like, I'm a Capricorn. What's the Capricorn got going on today? You know, you like made me like meditating on the planets, right? That's what she's doing. (laughs) It was so like mind opening for me. It was so great. So I had to say it in this podcast because it's like my favorite thing you say. Oh, that's so cool. Mm. Yeah. I mean, that is what's happening because I feel like there's an idea within like when I first started studying astrology, that these archetypes just exist. Mm. Like, oh, if you're a Capricorn, you have these qualities. And that was a person interpreting the archetype mm-hmm. and they wrote it down. So if you're going to interpret, you're channeling, you're meditating. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and you said you channel your guides when you write your horoscopes. Yeah. That is so cool. It's fun. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely shows. Thank yeah. You. Your writing's really elevated. Everyone needs to sign up for her email list. I'm sure everyone listening already is. <laughs> oh, it's the best. It's the best treat in your inbox every month. Thank you. Um, I feel so inspired by the conversation that we've been having. And even before we started recording too, and just feeling like you were saying certain things that just were the magic that I needed to hear. And Mm. I feel just activated. Um, and it's nice to know that this is intentional, that you hold this vibration and then you share it. Like it's radiance basically. Thank you. I receive that and appreciate it so much because your words have activated and guided me for months before I even got to meet you. So this is a cool, again, a cool time in life. <laughs> like resonance on the internet. Yes. Resonance. You can read someone's um, material and creation and boom, you guys can meet and be friends and create something fun together. What? What a great time in the world. Have you always felt confident sharing your ideas on the internet or was there something that pushed you to? Oh yeah, I definitely didn't before. There was definitely a period I created a a meditation website and I felt very censored and very much like I had to fit into an idea of a life coach or an actor or a mom. And I would even dress a certain way that didn't feel like me. And I have a girlfriend named uh, Brooke Hampton. She's the barefoot five and she came into my life, became one of my best friends. Um, We built a lot of abundance with our essential oils. We've created a tribe, but if you read her stuff, it's all about not giving a shit about what other people think you express yourself the way you want. Other people are either going to get on board or not. And she has 2 million people that read her works on uh, Facebook because she just stays so authentic. And I think meeting her was one of those things that I needed to activate in me that like, I'm okay just as I'm showing up and whatever I'm going through today, if I share it, chances are other people are going through it too. And so I kind of very quickly just switched that to like, I'm not going to try to share some life coachy BS idea 
of what people need. I'm going to tap into what I'm going through and I'm going to share that. And it's just been resonating so much more with people. That's where it's at. Mm -hmm. I agree. That's what's up. So how do the essential oils work? Like I feel there's more essential oils in existence than I even know exist. (laughs) Because you know the basic like lavender, mint, um, and then you learn about essential oils and there's like hundreds of them. Yeah, there's so many. They're... To me, they're real distilled plant medicine. And of course they smell amazing. And, you know, you've got your jasmines and your rose, and then you've got your cedar woods and, you know, your ylang-ylangs, you've got your like Idaho blue spruces that are like very grounding. But I think what was powerful for me to learn was that we all have a vibrational sort of set point and human beings vibrated around 50 megahertz, a healthy human being. When we get a cold or we're depressed, we start vibrating down at 30 on a canned food item vibrates at like 10. So everything you're ingesting, applying, thinking about has a vibration and it's either raising your vibration above that 50 or lowering you. And when you get lower vibration, you get diseased. And when we lose all our vibration, we're dead, we're done. So the oils vibrate at between hundred and 300 megahertz. So anytime I'm applying an oil to my skin, smelling an essential oil, I'm raising that vibration from 50 to 60 to 70 to up to like a hundred. And when I started to bring the oils into my home, I just was dreaming about them. I found when I woke up in the morning, I just wanted to put an oil in my diffuser and uplift my space. If my child got sick, I was applying a certain oil and he was healing rapidly. If I was in pain, I'd apply another oil. And I was like, wow, I didn't have to take a Tylenol. That oil worked. So I just became really enamored with how well they work practically, but also because I'm a vibrational being, how much they raised my vibration. So that's why I love them so much. Just like crystals, they're always like raising our vibe. Crystals are so, crystals and oils. Just give me crystals and oils and I'm good. That is so cool. And I feel like that um, if you're working on your mindset and your emotional reality to have something in the physical that grounds you or grounds Mm. that vibration that you're calling in is such a powerful tool to create positive feedback loops. I love how you say that. And I do, I carry my little toolkit around and I have an oil for everything, whatever's going on, stress, this, that bad breath, whatever. I'm like, I got an oil for that. Like, yeah, it's the toolkit. It's fun. That's super cool. So how can people find you or connect with you? Well, they can find me on Instagram at Sitara Hewitt, S-I-T-A-R-A-H-E-W-I-T-T. I'm on Facebook as well, Sitara Hewitt. Um, But I find Instagram is the space I really love sharing the most. Um, It feels like we really, it's where our vibe attracts our tribe. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. I love Instagram. Mm -hmm. And that's how we met. That's how we met. She sent in one of her email horoscopes that I was reading every word. Like I was hanging off every word. She said, I'm connecting with people more on Instagram. I was like, uh, follow. (laughs) So that worked. Yeah. I like putting that, like I write the same thing sometimes at the end of the emails because it's like, it's a message, you know, I'm not just because I say it every week doesn't mean it may not have some kind of magical consequence Mm -hmm. and getting to meet people like you. Yeah. Amazing. It's going to keep growing. I feel it. Thank you. My pleasure. Well, this was amazing. (laughs) Thanks for joining me. I'm going to post some of this on my Instagram, IGTV. Bye, guys. Bunnies. 
I can't believe after me torturing Bunny and picking her up, she's still on the floor. I'm going to show you guys the bunny just because she's still hanging in there. Oh, what a good girl. What a good baby. Every living thing just wants love, doesn't it? (laughs) Truly. So, you know, after having this conversation and integrating some of the themes from it for myself, I got re-inspired or newly invigorated to practice the law of attraction. And it's funny because I actually practiced the law of attraction all day, every day when I was building Monarch Astrology because I really wanted to be a full-time astrologer and I would actually do things like fill up my calendar doing research that I wasn't getting paid to do, but I would look at my calendar and be like, wow, I'm a full-time astrologer already. And then I would live it out. So I would actually method act or create circumstances in my life to validate the dream that I was wanting to call into existence. So on the one hand, I would visualize the thing that I desired, but then I would also take concrete actions that I had visualized and imagined in the physical plane to bring that dream into existence. And now monarch astrology is a thing. And so I don't have to kind of close my eyes and like think about like, I'm an astrologer, I'm a full-time astrologer because that has already come true. So I had success with that particular law of attraction thing in my life. But that doesn't mean that I should stop thinking about my vibration, you know, like there's plenty of moments throughout the day that I was kind of overlooking. And now with this in mind, things come up in the middle of the day and I'm like, oh, this is totally a moment where I could gain some energetic leverage, climb, be happier, experience joy find the fun in this moment and create something that really lifts me up. And also by extension of how I'm showing up in the world and how I'm showing up in relationship with the world, um, I can bring something into reality that maybe I wouldn't have access to if I was just in a sour mood. And I like doing this because it also gives me the the leverage I feel like to be more honest and more expressive with my grief or my sadness. Um, I can feel the meaning and the beauty in it. And then I can get back up and get back to empowering myself. I was so inspired by meeting up with Satara and I hope that you enjoyed this conversation. You can follow her on Instagram at Satara under underscore Hewitt. That's S-I-T-A-R underscore H-E-U-I-T-T. And you can follow me on Instagram at Sabrina Monarch. And please comment on our post about this episode and let us know what you think. And thank you so much for listening. Have a blessed, magical, sparkly day. Mm